to Fake Movie Experts, the movie review podcast that breaks down a movie franchise one movie at a time. And we are doing the Matrix franchise. This episode, we will be discussing Matrix Revolutions, what we first thought was the last one. I'm your host, Joseph Lesso. I'm alongside here with Richard Marcelli. I don't know if I have ever been in a movie that didn't actually include Jesus that had heavier Jesus imagery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they carried him away on a big lowercase t <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> i i was down i thought it was cool uh speaking of not being cool the baby face <laughs> machine keith who is above average keith swatland just a giant hovering baby in the sky <laughs> plugging in your xbox controller and engaging in mortal combat with you <laughs> well thank you for that uh, Matrix Revolutions came out November 5th of the year 2003. Um, months, just months after Reloaded, because, you know, they filmed it back to back. Runtime of two hours and nine minutes. So it's a little shorter, a little shorter than the previous ones, but. And yet to that. me, the on tightest of all 90s of the three movies. <laughs> Uh, once again, directed by the Wachowski sisters because they filmed them back to back. And what did you guys think? Or do, you, do you guys remember your first time watching if you watched in theaters and then compared to what do you guys think of this time? I watched it in theaters. I don't my memory wasn't I don't because it came out like right after Reloaded like reloaded had that exciting thing of going from matrix one to matrix two this one was just like okay we gotta finish the story now to the cliffhanger so i don't have any like powerful memories with it and over the years i've rewatched this trilogy a handful of times so i'm pretty i'm pretty familiar with this movie like like i said like i'm i'm the i think joe to ghostbusters is keith to matrix so i've this has been like a regular series in my life uh I don't think I ever saw this one in theaters because like I remember it, it had a lot of like bad flack around it when it originally came out as to just being a return of the Jedi clone, which is kind of how I felt the first time I watched it. I watched this the first time when I lived in Alabama for my senior year or for my junior year of high school, uh, making the choice to not go to school for a day when my mom was out of town. And I watched like this uh black hawk down like it was a really weird movie day for me Ooh, black, black hawk down's a banger that movie's awesome <laughs> um but yeah i didn't i came away from the movie not loving it uh-huh. i was confused through most of the movie as to why it felt that way because it was such a so good and then it got to the end of the movie and then i remembered why i didn't really love this movie uh, I, I, I slightly do remember watching this in theaters. I believe Keith and I, we saw this in theaters again because we I, saw Reloaded. I think we might have. I've, I was trying to, because I don't remember parents being involved. I feel like we were just able to like go to this one. I think we were able to go to this <laughs> yeah. one. Like I think they bought us tickets and then like we just, we were able to yeah. get in. Like, because I do remember, my, you know, I mentioned the Reloaded. My parents came with us because of us being underage for the 18 and over movie, but I recall, is it 17? I thought it was 18. Whatever. Yeah, R is restricted, 17. Yep. Oh, well. I think my entire life, I believed it was uh, 18. 
No, uh, you, you were thinking of Showgirls. That's Showgirls. There it is, Showgirls. Fantastic movie. <laughs> which, there is a sequel to it. So, um, but I do remember <laughs> seeing this movie in theaters, and I can I remember hating the ending, hating the ending of the idea of like Neo sacrificing himself to, you know. Uh, agent to smith and it was just like for like then not knowing like the, the meaning of the reason why he's sacrificing himself but also hating it <laughs> well i mean it, which is funny talking about it like that because as the second matrix 2 starts like oh well neo's gotta die like that's just like <laughs> like that's just it's always been a that was like always what was gonna happen well I- it, it is it is now because there's <laughs> all those references to like you know like when he visits the oracle and it's just like hey every beginning has an end they're always just shooting at the fact of yeah you know the end's gonna happen but being a 16 17 year old kid watching this movie and it's just like you want neo to win and then live happily ever after and it doesn't happen it's just like fuck this it's just the way the movie ends like the way that trinity gets done and then the way that Neo died, it just felt so anticlimactic. They're just like, well, it's over. The war's over now. We had this epic battle that was super epic and cool. And now it's just done. And like the fight between him and Smith is like, to me, easily the worst of the oh, Neo no. Smith fights. <laughs> like it's just. I love that fight. <laughs> it's so CG'd. It has yeah. no weight to it to me. Like it feels so floaty. So I just, I don't, like, ugh. everything with Neo and Trinity from the moment Neo loses his eyes, besides maybe the breaking through the clouds and seeing the sky, just felt bad to me. Like, they just weren't really sure what to do with this Jesus character. And they're just like, well, we'll just make him a martyr because he's Jesus. That's funny. I See, I'm... Th- this- this is gonna be a funny episode. I'm very opposite of you. I I love all that stuff, but uh, it's the Matrix Two is a lot of the I complain that they're kind of spinning their wheels in that one. Like, this is what they were really getting to. Like, I think I was watching it this morning and I was thinking they probably could have just made this two movies, like Matrix and then Matrix Two, whatever reloaded Lucians. <laughs> like, like this, this could have been a two part. Uh, Matrix Matrix Two and Three could have been one movie. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, there's a there's enough in the two movies to get cut out to just make it maybe like a three hour epic instead it's, of the like four hour and twenty minute epic. I think it adds up to yeah. four twenty six, <laughs> like four twenty six kind of thing. And then yeah, I mean you mentioned it there. Yeah. The scene, the, the scene when they shoot into the sky is just stunning and beautiful because Trinity is the like the only person that's seen the sun in six hundred years or some shit. Like that's, it, it, I think that's. Yeah, because Neo's blind. Trinity is the only human that will ever have seen the sunshine. Like, Which, that's... by the way, so the machines have had control of the planet for this never-ending time period. Why haven't they cleared up the sky at this point? You yeah, would just, assume they have the ability. Just busted out the Hoover vacuum. <laughs> no, they good. They good. They just want that, uh, you know, they just steady as it goes. Maybe you could 
argue that machines are like emotionless and they'll give a shit or something because they're happy with their human batteries. <laughs> and then I wanted to ask you guys this question because I was wondering this. So we got to a point in our technological advancement that we had fully functioning AI that basically ran the world for us and built the world for us. <laughs> Do you think there's human beings off planet? Ooh. And that there's another section of the human race off planet? That we don't know of yet? That we don't know of? Because you would assume if we had the ability for full AI that can build all this shit up, we had to have at least a, like the shitty fucking matrix version of elon musk like must have been on mars or the moon right <laughs> just up there doing the michael jackson popcorn gift staring down at earth like damn they're crazy down there yeah. <laughs> like that had like you know what we don't got have here we don't have the vid up here you know it sucks for them <laughs> or like maybe like the machines did it because there's no way that they have all the raw resources on that planet to keep building the way they are so they must have gotten to the point where they're mining asteroids like we're getting to an our current actual technological yeah. advancement <laughs> yeah it's like is do you think like there's like a just completely normal human race on like mars or something that's just like man remember when we all used to live on earth that was crazy <laughs> one day at this rate yes one day we'll be doing that and uh but uh hey rick why don't you give us a little plot breakdown let's get in this deeper Boys, girls, non-binary, and everyone in between, please gather round for the reading of the plot to The Matrix Revolutions. Literal moments after the finish of movie two, we join the crew. Oh, fuck. What's the name of the ship they're on right now, boys? Never. Con- well, it's the, the hammer. hammer. Or the, the hammer. It's the, it's the, yeah, I think it's the hammer. We are once again joining everyone from the moments of Reloaded on the hammer as they are searching for Miss Niobe and her crew after their climactic battles in the Matrix. Uh, We, of course, got the side-by-side of Neo and Smith's human fleshy form sitting next to each other as we establish the plot lines for the rest of Revolution. Maybe uh, Bane. Oh, haven't had one of those in a while. Bringing it back, boys. (laughs) It's been a while. (laughs) The crews eventually settle on a plan that must separate the two ships. Neo must go to zero one, he must meet with the machines to broker a peace or at least some semblance of conversation between the two. While the hammer must make its way back to the one salvation city to try and prevent the entire annihilation of the remaining non-plugged-in human race. Everything goes down now between that. The Smith man gets onto the ship, onto Niobe's ship, where Neo and Trinity are trying to make their way to the one zero one. The hammer must make its climactic flight back to Zion as the battle has begun. The machines have made it, and they must hold the dock. Will the human race survive this final battle? Will Neo broker a peace? Find out what happens in the Matrix Revolution. The plot's kind of thin for this movie. It's literally all action. There's not a whole lot of plot devices to this actual movie. It really really is. Um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, the. It's kind of like the whole co- point of two. The literal whole point of two was to just set the plot for three. And then it's just pure oh, yeah. action through three. Two, well, is, two is just like, here we go. Set up for three. And that's something I like because three is basically just a war movie. And it's like, it's got all the, the tension it builds up with like the, the, the grunts, the ground troops, the infantry running around, like yeah. getting their mortar and pestle and powder ready. I loved all those scenes. Every aspect the- of that in the Battle of Zion was <laughs> fantastic. And why like, I was confused as to what I didn't like about this movie for so long. And man, the I love the scene of I I can never remember her name, but when she's got she's got the mortar and pestle and she's making up the gunpowder. It's and, like Z or something. Yeah. I man, that's that. just like she's um, like Link's wife, girlfriend, girlfriend, all the yeah. above. Yeah, yeah. Partner. Well, I guess that's what it probably partner. partner. Whatever they call themselves in in Zion. But yeah, then the scenes of them running around the tubes, it was just that was that was that was like very nail bitey. Like it, it looked cool. They did some they had some really cool sets they built with like the like the platforms they were running around on. It's bonkers to me <laughs> how you had this like large scale battle with nothing but computer generated robots and whatnot. <laughs> and it looked miles better to me than anything in reloaded with the dock. Like the like I don't know if they just focused harder on this one, but there was except maybe one or two moments with the actual mechs. The CG looked brilliant to me in this one. It was bonkers to me how like it could look so bad in a movie from like six months ago to this <laughs> one. There's no like technological advancement between these two movies. Well, they, uh, they, they really okay. cared about oh, sorry, yeah. They really cared about that doc in this. Like there's yeah. They at least put the passion. They like they built like they had like one real mech they had on set that they built, which looked it was cool. Like, but then I mean, yeah, there's a bunch of CG ones too. But I think there there was a scene where they're actually like walking around, touching it, and they can see the scale of it. The I like the mechs. It was very. Uh, I mean, maybe that's why it works so much better is because they did so much actual like live action. Like it, yeah. there wasn't as much green screen. Like when they were climbing through the pipes, like those were actual sets. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like, here's one or two scenery things while you guys are on a blue or green screen, having to act as if you know what scenery is around you. Like, they were actually put on sets, and it worked very, very well. Yeah, they, 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 uh, it says that there's 804 visual effect shots, almost all of them contain some kind of live action element. So that helps with more than that. Um, the, uh, like the raindrops during the Neo Smith fight at the end, they're, their matrix codes and uh the special effects crew spent two months designing the apparatus to make the perfect raindrop (laughs) the rain looked good (laughs) um one cool thing about this this movie in real life is that um they simultaneously global released the film all at once so november 5th at 6 a.m in la uh 9 a.m. in New York City, 2 p.m. in London, 5 p.m. in Moscow, 11 p.m. in Tokyo, and then on November 6th, 1 a.m. in Sydney, and then all the corresponding times in the 50 additional countries worldwide. God, do we get? I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to remember in my head like movies over the last 10 years that like have big events surrounded by them. Like I remember Prometheus had a cool ad campaign when that came out. It was like a mysterious website and like. 
we don't get those as much anymore. Like, like you know, I wonder we're, if they just like don't want to pay for it because that's yeah, expensive. I, that's a I big budget m- there. I think it's more because you can do it without it having to be a big budget. Like, yeah, it's not that hard to do internet stuff. Not that expensive nowadays. I think it's just we're in that weird period where the people in power don't really understand <laughs> that anymore. Yeah. Like they don't understand how to use like vi- actual viral marketing through all the apps and everything. And, oh, and for and I'll, cough, cough. JJ Abrams literally hates Star Wars. So huh, yeah. I, I will <laughs> say, I I will say for Matrix Resurrections, they start they try to do the same thing of like they did a website and they did like the you know red pill blue pill click on each one that lead you nice. to whatever oh, rabbit cool. hole. I believe they did, and then. But yeah, you know, like I said in Reloaded, like for Matrix, the Matrix movies, because at the time it was such a a high that, you know, they went on TRL, they did their own MTV specials with all of them. Uh, they did all these specials around, you know, interviews, you know, specials just to promote these movies. And, you know, it's that crazy thing of just, you know, what you're saying. Nobody really does it much. You have Marvel movies and at, we're at a point now that the bigger movie franchise, Marvel, Star Wars, they really don't need it. They should, in my mind, they shouldn't even do trailers, but they're at a point where they don't promote as much because they know. Yeah, they don't have to. People will be going to the movies. Yeah, if, it's anything, another- if anything, it'd be like annoying <laughs> now because well, it'll also be with- super hard to do now because yeah. of how spread out entertainment is you yeah. don't have something like a trl where you know you're gonna hit a certain percentage of that like 15 to 23 fan base people's <laughs> well, interests are so widespread and it, you get so few eyes on one thing anymore mm-hmm that it's hard to really like pinpoint how you're going. Like, so if you're going to do a widespread marketing, you have to like, it's like the web you have to throw out to try and encircle everything would be so massive. Like, I think it's hard for them to comprehend how to do it. That's, I think they, it turned out to be probably the stupidest thing that's ever happened with the Fortnite emperor thing. Like that was one of the worst moments in history. <laughs> but, oh right, yeah. With the with the emperor, but, that was the re- like the true reveal of the emperor like, being back. If you play Fortnite, you know the emperor is coming back, which is a sentence that sucks to say. But like, I think that idea is kind of what it was. No, that's a stupid idea. I was about to defend it. Never mind. Because yeah, I wouldn't. You got to do something like that. I was gonna say. <laughs> like, See, the well, bloggers thing to that kind of idea is you're marketing to people who wouldn't like aren't your major fan base so like modern go ahead it just made it makes no sense so you're trying to bring in the young crowd by alienating your old crowd like if you're going to do marketing you need to not piss off previous people which even people in our age to a certain percentage get pissed off by stupid Fortnite shit so that's that's the thing with fortnite Fortnite. that's like (laughs) that's the thing with like fortnite like example be um i think they did put John Wick in Fortnite for when the most recent, the third one came out. Um, I want to say they maybe have put like a put Neo in Fortnite for the new one. Um, that's the thing, you know. Like they're trying to figure out ways to, you know, spread the media. The fact that hey, you know, we have a new movie coming out. Like I, for resurrections i can tell you that i saw multiple you know like the your typical late night tv show interviews with 
Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss and everybody else. But I, you know, at which is another weird thing was a to me because I don't know who that's because I mean, let's be honest, late night television is dying. Like, oh, it sucks <laughs> for the most part. Jimmy Fallon. It goes to a key demographic that is much older than the crowd that's going to go see the newest Matrix movie. Uh, James Gordon, Corden, Corden, uh, Gordon. <laughs> For now, James, James Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, Goth- <laughs> the Gotham Commissioner. Again, like ages is such an older crowd that's not going to go see the Matrix movies, and also apparently isn't like a good person. Apparently, he's like an asshole. Yeah. You know, well, what would you do now? Like Roblox? Is that what you do now? Because Fortnite seems to be. Not as cool anymore. No, Fortnite's, Fortnite's, still, it's Fortnite's still, still pretty big. Yeah, it's still pretty big. <laughs> like yeah. the, the hype might have died, but it's still like it's a staying on target. And like you don't have like a Conan O'Brien anymore as to be in okay. like a younger demographic late night show. No, there's no like punk rock, like weird. There's no weirdness on late night anymore. <laughs> like one thing they did is they did 2000 and they did Super Bowl trailers for it. Um, the only one that incorporates both were back-to-back sequels, Reload and Revolution, said by some fans to feature all the men and women that were plugged in the Matrix, waking up in the Matrix, emerging from the pods. However, neither of the copies of the trailer downloaded in the 2003, nor versions of the trailer in modern, uh, modern home video show, show this. So we did get commercials, but trailers, but not the one they wanted. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, you know, nowadays it's just the idea of trailers slash and then Twitter and Twitch and, you know, any social media website that you can get out and going YouTube. Maybe like a mysterious what, Twitch stream would be kind of cool for a teaser. Like a, like, what's this about? Some like weird Twitch stream. I don't, just, uh, like, yeah. It would have to be TikTok. You would need or to get TikTok. started TikTok, on a TikTok yeah. is what it'd have to be. You'd have to, but you'd also have to hope or pay a lot of like bigger influencers to get viral. Yeah. If you're using the bigger influencers, a lot of people are going to question it. Yeah. So like, you'd either have to do a bunch of like mid range influencers, but even then because of laws now you have to put ad. So like, <laughs> you know, you would know it's an ad. You can, like, you can't get away with those type of things anymore. You, you, you can't it, on the bottom left of the screen where it will say ad. So there's like no way you'd be like, oh, this is different. But then you look down and you go, oh, it's an ad for something. Never mind. Because you can get fined pretty heavily if you do something and don't put hashtag ad when it's oh, a paid advertisement. You can get in a lot of trouble. Because I wonder, because I'm surp- like, even the new Blair Witch that came out didn't have much of shit around it. It was just like, hey, here's a new Blair Witch movie. Check it out. They tried. And it's weird in a time because like Blair Witch was so word of mouth that like how much we struggle with word of mouth now, even though we're, like we're so interconnected at all times. And I think part of it, and I think we'll talk about this more when we talk about revolution or um, resurrection, is that there's such a huge portion of people who just want to hate things to hate things. And it, like, it's so hard to enjoy anything anymore because it's such a portion. It's like, well, I don't, I don't like Matrix, so I don't like that movie. It's like, why are you talking then? Like, it's not made for you then, obviously. The, the saying, if you ain't got nothing nice, don't say anything about it. You know, you can just say, yeah, you know, not my cup of tea. And like, that's it. But yeah, there's, there's, there's nowadays it's that hate or the fact that nowadays people go on TikTok and this video the end. 
so or video of the movie you know there's the pirate seas bigger and stronger now and it's just like you know fun part of just like oh you know you go on tiktok and then like example ghostbusters afterlife i saw the ending right after i saw the movie because someone was just filming it you know it's just like we get that you know you can get on youtube too but you know tiktok is one of the things more of the spur of the moment like oh crap there's the ending get out of the way you know swipe um but matrix revolution so i'm i'm confused how is neo still in the matrix but not in the matrix something about his he's he's not in the matrix is what it is oh you mean in the beginning why is he in still the very in the matrix? beginning yeah i mean literally the answer is wi-fi like he's just that's like he's just interconnected that way i mean remember it's a planet literally controlled by the machines where they are interconnected at all times he's just plugged into their network without having to be he doesn't need the ethernet port plugged in he's figured out how to get he's figured out their password (laughs) he bought that xbox 360 adapter (laughs) so now he's just hooked up over the wi-fi because once what do you guys think of the uh, the train man who, in his world, that, you know, Neo's nothing? Like, I was trying to figure out what the train, like, where are they going in, to and from? They're going, they're leaving the robot world. Or... Yeah, they're leaving the robot network to go into the Matrix. Like, because it seems pretty established that everything within Zero One has a place and a need. And if you're not satisfying a place yeah. or a need, then you get deleted, which seems kind of fucked up because the machines took over because they kept getting killed. And yet the machines are just killing themselves. Diabolical. Science. Science. <laughs> um, it's the it's limbo uh, subway stations, uh, mobile avenue. That's, you know, transition zone between the matrix and the source, the machine mainframe. So I'm going to jump ahead to. Uh, resurrection a bit. It's kind of like, you know how Neo created like a pocket world that wasn't within the Matrix, but still was within the Matrix? It's kind of like that. It's just a created pocket world that sits between both. That I feel like the Merovingian is the, the uh, leader for this one because of the fact that he's in charge of the train man uh, because yeah. he's an exile loyalist to the Merovingian. But I think to answer your question, apart from all of the like nitty gritty lore questions, like the idea of the train man is spooky and cool. And I, I like that character. <laughs> yeah. Like when, when they pick up, when they pick up, when they we'll talk about the scene more, but when the club scene, but like when like Trinity grab goes, when they finally get Neo, it's like the train man could have just drove off. Like, fuck you guys. I'm out. And like, then you're both all screwed. But <laughs> that, that would be a little bit more funnier. Well, the bounty, maybe he wanted the bounty or something. Yeah. Well, and then it's programs don't like none of the programs lie. So I don't think like they're literally capable of it. Like none of them can actually like because in the end, they're computers and lying is such like a human aspect, which again, it's like not efficient. (laughs) It's plugged into the end of the movie when the architect goes gets asked like are you being honest and he's like of course i'm not human 
Like <laughs> it's one aspect through the entire movie is that the machines don't lie. Mm-hmm. Um, we get another uh, battle sequence that is kind of reminiscent of the first in Matrix One of them when Neo and Trinity go through like the the bottom of the entrance of the uh, building. You know, what do you, you know, it it's was, like kind of like it was okay, but like they kind of just gunned them down and wrecked those people super easily and quick. But then they, but what they try and do is they also make the homages of like, you know, it's the same battle sequence as the first one, but then, you know, the guy jumps on top of the wall and Trinity just gives like the head nod, but then she does her like crane kick, you know, the kick from the first (laughs) one. Trinity was so good in this movie. I think that that scene, it seemed like, I think the Wachowskis love video games. That just seemed like a fun level. Like when they, like the entrance to the club, because they were just, that was like a fun it was like a fun scene. See, Keith, <laughs> and that right there, the video game thing is kind of why I don't like the end of the movie because it felt like such a just Final Fantasy ripoff fight between <laughs> Neo and Smith. And I'm like, eh. And they're both like, it was like a, it was like a uh, turn, turn-based action fight. <laughs> which I've seen done better in video games. Like it just, it, it felt unweighty. Yeah. Uh, then we go to Club Hell uh, when we, they confront the Merovingian. Once again, all that leather. All Damn. of the leather. Well, and they Do you up- think the sisters directed that lady to pinch the nipple of that other lady? Or was that just like an on-the-fly call by that person? They probably just yelled at them all to get kinky. That was like... Yeah. <laughs> get kinky! <laughs> More kink! <laughs> yeah. um, I like the idea that Seraph and the Merovingian have a history. But oh, yeah. we, never, we never get into it. But like, like the fact that they, they want they want to negotiate with him, and he's like, but the Merovingian's like, all right, you know, as the evil person he is, all right, I'll give you Neo, but you gotta give me the eyes of the Oracle. Which is weird because he already like fucked her up enough to make her change like her pers- like her outlook, her avatar. So like, why does he now want her eyes? It's just such a bizarre ask. I guess it's like because he know he's asking something they won't give. Yeah, that's kind of the point of it. Yeah, and that would have been an interesting story if they went and got the Oracle's eyes. <laughs> but every, but in true fashion, the whole movie is all about the Oracle's eyes in a way with with yeah. Agent with Smith. Um, but you know, it's like like the club for me. The club scene is just like the restaurant scene in a way. It's just and so less leather. And less orgasms in uh, the club <laughs> that we know of since we didn't see I any. Say, I think the club had more leather. No, no, no. The restaurant had less, le- yeah. uh, less leather. Um, boy, hold, before we leave the club, I got to give it up to Trinity calling him Merv. Uh, that line was so good. That was so funny. <laughs> what a fucking weird bird. Yeah, it was just like because he's so like like on a high tower and like just like sniffing his own farts and looking down at everybody and just to like get called a shortened nickname <laughs> so yeah. like that's yeah, the that's, that's the way to bring him down is just with like petty insults yeah um and you know trinity i've had enough of this shit and then uh the wife the merovingian is like she'll kill us all so we better listen and oh, i thought that was, kind of, that was a cop out <laughs> was just a little the... cop out <laughs> just yeah. that whole scene and it kind of started the whole like too much love conquers all thing they tried to put into this one 
that just kind of didn't and don't get me wrong i love love i've been a very (laughs) long-term committed relationship that i've been in for forever (laughs) but like the way they went about the love thing in this just felt corny to me like it didn't like (laughs) it didn't feel like deep love and romance like it's a lot of talk about love without actually like nailing what love really is i think i think this i agree with you but i think this movie does it better than other when the love conquers all thing is in a lot of movies like in it i I love interstellar but that's kind of why it's not very rewatchable for me is because oh it's just love that's kind of the end of the movie same with arrival like uh but like the there's they have a it's this a little more like weight to it like to where like like trinity will go to the ends of the earth to solve this problem See, and I, yeah, like, but... I got her point of the love thing, although I still don't understand how she fell in love in like four hours. <laughs> At um, this point, it's okay. I mean, like now it makes sense. They've yeah. been together, you know, six months. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're on that unending. I mean, you know what it is? They're not in love. And it was this was established in two. They're just in very horny lust. Yeah. So we don't even really know if Neo and Trinity will make it. Maybe once they don't want to bang 24-7, they're not going to have common interest anymore. That's funny. Hey, so you like motorcycles, more, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, no, more and more. It, the scene, I like the scene, but in my mind, it's just a little tiny cop-out of the idea of, like, she has the gun to the Merovingian's head and she's like, should kill us all. And it's like, there's 30 people around them with guns. <laughs> kill the guy. You're dead. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, but that's also what Trinity said. It's like, I'll yeah, no. we'll fucking all go down. Let's just do that. Let's do this. Motherf- it's a goddamn Mexican standoff. Yeah. And then maybe uh, they were like scared of Sarah for something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, then we get Bane's uh, awesome per- awesome impersonation of Agent Smith. I don't know what I did wrong. I, I thought know. it was impressive. <laughs> they hired him because of the fact of his uh, Hugo Weaving uh, impersonation. They, they just have a bunch of people, and that'd be a fun like you know, like the SNL always does the audition sketches. Oh, a bunch of yeah, people go on and do like Agent Smith impressions. <laughs> The only thing that fucking bothers me about the whole like storyline with the live action Agent Smith is like if you have deep seated questions about this dude, why is he not like in handcuffs? Why is he not tied down? Like, why are you letting this dude just kind of roam? If especially at the end when like the doctor gets murdered and he's like, I knew it. It's like, if you knew it, then why didn't you like secure that dude, motherfucker? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> that is a valid point, you know? Like, like why, just, why, do you, why do you have cuts on you? I don't know. Like, it's just, it's so world-breaking of like these uh, captains who are so all-controlling of all things to be so like fucking dumb and just like allow something like that to happen when you have total control. It's the idea also for me is the fact of like when they split ships and Trinity and Neo go um, to the machine world and Bane, a.k.a. Smith shows up and, you know, he had Bane Smith has Trinity captured and he's like, listen here, Mr. Anderson. And like Neo does not understand. He's like, who are you? It's like, but Mr. Anderson. But like, who yeah. are you? Yeah, that Come whole scene on! was fucking 
Have you still not figured it out, Miss? Who the fuck? Who is the only person in all three of these goddamn right. movies, Neo, who has called you that? It's sort of there's this like horror movie thing where sometimes, like in horror movies, like the characters are supposed to make kind of stupid choices and that you're supposed yeah. to go along with it and have fun. And most of the every once in a while, the decisions get too dumb. And that's when horror movies get bad. Yeah. And you're like, well, you're like, okay, come on now. And like, that was 100% when the Neo storyline in this movie turned for me, where I'm like, this fucking stupid. Because, yeah, he's like Mr. Anderson. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, like what you just said. We've known one guy that calls you Mr. Anderson for three movies. You should know who it is. And then I'm I'm also confused <laughs> on the point where, so when he gets blinded because of the power cord, you know, he shuts it in his eye. And then Neo's Matrix eyes come in play, like because he can see, you know, uh, Agent Smith inside the body now. So are you telling me, like, can Neo turn his eight Matrix eyes on like that, or is it more of the fact since he's blinded and his Matrix sense kicked in, or can he go back and forth? It's more of in- that. It's kind of like obviously we are all able-bodied people. None of us have any senses missing, but it is the common like thing is that when one of your senses is gone, your other senses overcompensate. Well, especially in movies, that's what they do. <laughs> I yeah. think that's kind of what they're going for. It's like, oh, he's lost his vision, but now his second sight is <laughs> now he can re- now he's not relying on his eyes. He can take full ownership of his second eye third like, eye the, the mind's eye type thing of, yeah i kind of took it eye. i kind of took it as like a desperation thing like his oneness had to kick in there otherwise he would have died like i think that's oh I, but but when he blows up bane's head loved it <laughs> does the, the, with smith's head blowing up does bane's head do the same or it's just like the, no because you know, they okay. show the body on the ground and he yeah. just he's laying there his head's still yeah. attached to his body oh that's but freaking uh, Agent Smith's head, you know, but by baseball. Like, technically, like the swing and killing Bane knocked Agent Smith or that avatar of Agent Smith out of the body. Or <laughs> they very much with the Neo storyline for this whole thing just kind of like shrugged their shoulders and went, I don't know, he's Electric Jesus. <laughs> um, and in this movie, since uh, the actress who played the Oracle in the first one, passed away, Gloria Foster, was replaced by Mary Alice. Um, like I was saying uh, in Reloaded, they were they played sisters in a long running Broadway play, so they were close friends. So, and they uh, kind of looked the same, so they brought them in. But they did in the movie in this movie the fact of like when Morpheus and when all of them go see her, it's like you know I know I look different, you know. Um, it was heartbreaking, I thought. Yeah, was- uh, she um, she took over the role for uh, the movie uh, for this and 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 Enter the Matrix, uh, and in Enter the Matrix, um, she addressed why she uh, she explains to Niobe and Ghost that the Merovingian punished her for directing Neo to him. This caused the Merovingian to lose the Keymaker and several loyal henchmen, and, and in retaliation. He stole her old uh, old self image, forcing her to use an older image, which has also limited her several of her abilities, like memory. So, in Revolutions, in the initial conversation with Morpheus and Trinity, when we meet the new Oracle with the adaptation uh, a- a- adapted to re- reference of her change appearance, the alternative 
was to have Morpheus and Trinity pretend not to notice, which perhaps would have been more, even more awkward. Well, with the, the casting change, I mean, we, we talked about it last episode a little bit, but they handled it extremely well, like as well as they could have. And, like, the and plot- it worked for a computer, uh, for a program character, because you could just be like, ah, shit happened, my avatar changed, and it works. Yeah, which is what they basically just said that Whereas because, like, if you had to recast Neo, you're like, well, yeah. that's a live action person. We can't really yeah. just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why in this, they, the Merovingian made her do it. Um, but, you know, when, you know, I like the idea of the fact that <laughs> when Morpheus goes and she, he's like, hey, you know, I don't believe you anymore. And he's like, and she's like, that's the point. You have to be free will and make your own, mm-hmm. you make up your own damn mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I have this take on the Oracle. Is that she's full of bullshit. Uh, that her literal like ability to know everything that's happening is just that she's a high probability program. So she just kind of like reads situations and kind of like settles on what is the most likely outcome. And also yes. she was a program created to continue a cycle. So she like literally told people what needed to be told to continue the cycle. And that she she doesn't see the future. She doesn't know shit. She just like is a high probability program that can kind of like tell from situations what is most likely to occur. She's not an all powerful, all seeing future person, which she pretty much says at the end. It's like, oh, did you see this? Like, no, nah, motherfucker. I just thought that I believed that it would be okay. It's fine. <laughs> which again just brings me back to so much anger about how much they just believed a program that was telling them about this goddamn future. And that people were like, dude, it's just a machine cell. Like, why should we trust her? Because we should. Although it's why yeah. organized religion's bullshit. <laughs> well, and they sort of figure it out because they uh, when like the when Morpheus walks out and surrenders to the machines, like, what the fuck are you doing, Morpheus? <laughs> He's like, Well, I believe in Neo. I don't believe in the prophecy, I believe in Neo. Yeah, that's what the line the, that they keep saying. The they the transition from prophecy to the man himself is what this movie is becoming. The idea of we got to believe in the good guy, the hero and the one, and that's Neo, not what's supposed to be what we've been told for years. I just, I appreciate that. Even Nairobi is like, no religion and destiny and all that's bullshit. Like, I just think that Neo is actually a very capable, like super capable person. He's going to do what needs to get done to make things happen. But so many other characters turn him into a Jesus figurehead. And I'm just like, ew, gross. He's still just a guy. Like, he's not... Like, is he super powerful? Yeah. But realistically, I think almost anyone could have been that powerful if they figured it out well enough. Also, he was created to be that powerful by the program to keep (laughs) a cycle going. Let's not forget that. This is all a fucking cycle that's happened time and time again until it got broken and Neo chose a different door because of love. Yeah, but uh, um, well, and yeah. the I think the the Jesus stuff works well for me because it's just it's a story structure and it's like the best story structure. It's been like every it's like Star Wars did it like every every like but over hundreds and hundreds of years like that narrative has worked with the Jesus structure. But in the first one, is it it was there, but not as strong. You know what I mean? Like they, he was, you know, they, they did throw the hints out that he was like Jesus Christ, but in reloading this, they like, they hammered on the head of like, 
he's supposed to be Jesus here. I mean, they literally do a scene where he's splayed out and a bunch of light turned on and a cross underneath him. <laughs> but also, like, those aspects, Keith, you talk about how, like, they keep doing it. They do it in Star Wars. Those are all aspects of the movies I liked the least. My least favorite part of Return of the Jedi is the whole, like, Luke Skywalker, like, becoming a Jedi scene and being like, I am a Jedi. Like, my, like fuck, I don't care. I liked the ground force battle on Endor. I liked <laughs> the space battle. Like, I liked all that shit. Just like in this movie, I loved watching Jada Pinkett fucking fly that ship and fucking tell Morpheus to keep up. Like, that stuff was great. Uh, one thing... Coming into this uh, franchise, I can tell you that Revolutions was, in my mind, better than Reloaded. So, you know, I was trying to keep my mind clean and all this. And I'll tell you what I think when we get to the ratings. But for me, it's like, when remember how I, it, when you go back to Reloaded, I bring up the fact of when Neo tells Morpheus that everything's a lie and, you know, breaks his heart. We don't get in this movie like any Morpheus Neo time together. Like they're on scene for maybe like 15 minutes, maybe the entire movie because they go in their own separate ways. And I think that's kind of a downfall because of the fact that like their relationship was so prominent in one and then two, they're here and there. And then when this one, there's like no relationship between the two. You know, it's just them going, all right, well, good luck on your end. Yep, you too. Bye. Yeah, I I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not sure what to think about that. I appreciate, I thought it was a good touching scene when you like, you can like both Neo and Morpheus know that Neo's about to go off and die. And they like say it was an honor to serve with you. No, the honor is still mine. I thought, like, I, I think their relationship arc ended well i think like narratively that was sound to me like it didn't that the those watching those two actors together is great like those are two incredible characters but like i don't think we needed to see them anymore together i think they'd serve their purpose yeah i just don't know because like essentially we'll tie it back to star wars i guess morpheus was his obi-wan but he had reached a point where he had outgrown him and didn't need like they had out They've gone beyond the prophecy. Yeah. Like, there's no part of this where, like, Morpheus was leading Neo anymore. Neo was on his own literal path now. Yeah. I, I can see that. But, but it, I, I think, I think, I, it, from, sorry, Keith, I was just say, for me, I think it's the fact that I love the chemistry between Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu. Like, the reason why one is fantastic is their chemistry and dynamic. And then as the movies proceed, it's just less and less of them. And I like just as a fan, I don't like seeing that. Like I understand the premise of the plot, the plot, but like them on screen time together is fantastic. But we get none in this one. Well, it's it, it's funny. Star Wars keeps coming up because uh, I watched. I was watching in my like Matrix media intake. I was watching this like uh, analysis of the Matrix one and how the end of Matrix one and the end of A New Hope are like shot for shot, kind of the same thing. Is the when Luke Skywalker turns off his targeting system and there's like this time crunch and they're all about to die. And it's like the, t the, the clock is ticking down and he does the impossible that no one else is able to do. Luke shoots the torpedo into the exhaust pipe and Neo defeats the agents. And it's like it, the, the, the tension is the same and like the buildup is the same. So I think. So what you're saying is Luke Skywalker is a Mary Sue character. 
<laughs> no, a Jesus character. <laughs> yeah, he's Jesus. Oh, right, because it's not a female character, then it's okay because a man can just do whatever he wants and suddenly have all this power. Uh, okay, okay, hang on. When we're gonna do this, what? The, it doesn't that suck Star Wars, that Star Wars debate that would be on the Star Wars movies. But I understand what Keith. I see. I I see what you're talking about. How you know, Luke Skywalker's the one. <laughs> True, they do literally say that at one point. Yeah. <laughs> Although, granted, that was just a precursor because, you know, Anakin was originally the one to bring balance to the Force, which technically he did by murdering oh. a lot of people. Well, no, he and he, he did it by uh, just uh, having, having, having some cool Jedi sex. <laughs> mm, Jedi. God, I bet Jedi sex and I bet Matrix sex would just be super good. Yeah, both. But yeah. That's another good comparison. Both the sex is probably pretty good between them. <laughs> um, just think you could force choke someone without having to use your hands. Oh man, that's incredible. <laughs> Kate, did you? Did any of you guys play? Um, uh, what is it called? The Matrix Online? No. So there was. I've a never game been at- a big online. Uh, yeah, there was. Uh, the fuck are they called mm mmo yeah uh there was a game after this set uh humans and machines have peace but humans can jack in the matrix and their missions form factions and crews and like lawrence fishburne a lot of the actors redid their voices in this movie and it was directed by the Wachowski sisters as well so they did a lot of stuff after oh, did you, have you watched any footage of that game have you like seen it no, I'm oh, looking that, at a photo of it. It looks like Sims. Well, there's like the fame. That's like the the maybe not famous internet famous reason about why Morpheus is not in Resurrections is because he dies in Path of Neo, and I watched oh. the clip because they they just kill they just kill Morpheus in that in that video game you're talking about. And I, I, yeah. I watched that scene. It's pretty pretty. It's bonkers. <laughs> like, and, I, then, and I think and like well, my my discussion about the fact of like Neo and Morpheus relationship in this in my mind too since i like i like lawrence fishburne i feel like they did him dirty in this movie too because he's so prominent one because he's the one that's trying to bring neo into the mate into the real world and in in revolutions it's just all right you're gonna be the co-pilot hill here and you're gonna watch the machines battle while you he is very secondary like to every scene he's in he's like the guy to the side Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when they talk to the council, he's not the one talking to the council. He's the one who gets referenced by the commander of like, yep. I don't know, ask that motherfucker because it's all on his shoulders now. We're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like he gets so dirtied in this movie with the fact that it's just like, yeah, he's just second fiddle now. He did it like what Keith in. said. What? I wonder if that played into another reason why he didn't come back for resurrection. Um, I think there's reasons, and I think. I, I have to look them up. I have them, but that's for the next movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like in this, he just feels second fiddle and just like how, like I've been saying how prominent he was in one. And then all of a sudden it's just like, Hey, it's, it's Neo Trinity link. And then there's Morpheus. Well, and I think he, like, kind of, like I said, he, he's like, he's done. He, like, he brought forth, yeah. the, he brought forth the Messiah, but like, I think they brought him back to Zion so we could have a, so we could have Lawrence Fishburne in those action scenes. <laughs> but, but like even even on Zion, when he's on Zion, when the machines are attacking, 
he doesn't do anything like because they do the whole sheet the the whole shot of the i think it's the hammer if not it's the lobos or something they you know set the a and p off and that destroys all the machines there and then they go everybody goes into hiding it's the wait and see his only action is a split action scene when they enter the club and they're doing the gunfight and even then trinity and cypher uh seraph seraph that's what it is have way more action than he does. He just kind of like fires his guns. No, a, a lot of this movie is they like the Wachowski's like pull the camera back, and you're just it, that's why I was I kind of compared it to like a, it's a war movie because like the the character isn't as important as the setting. Like a fun a, a fun comparison I saw was the, the Battle of Helm's Deep and the Two Towers and the Battle of the Docks are pretty pretty similar. Like. Helm's Deep is a far better scene. It's like it's famous for it, but it's like the same. They, they do the same build up where it's like this whole setting, like the Doc is the main character there. Like Morpheus doesn't matter, Locke doesn't matter. It's it's the Doc that like right, but the, he's not even there. But like in the scenes that Morpheus is in, he's still like extreme secondary to everything. Mm-hmm. Like Niobe's more in charge than he is, which I was okay with. Niobe fucking ruled in this movie. The the way they build her character with that just like just the simple like. No, I'm the best pilot here. Like that's the, like that 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 does that does a lot of work for like building up Niobe. I think she just oh like every scene she's in in this movie. Like when they first like get to her ship, and like she just instantly like owns the situation by going. She just needs a jump, boys. Let's get it going. That was a good line. Like I'm not I... answering any questions. Plug my ship in. Let's go. Uh huh. <laughs> just but... needs a jump. That was that. That part looked cool too, like when they're walking around on the in that in the sewer there. It, it kind of more in Star Wars reference a lot of uh Empire when you know Han has to go out and look and see what's going on. Oh yep, yep, yep. Nice. <laughs> Damn Minox. <laughs> Minox. <laughs> uh but yeah, we know it's like you know, for me. I, they put all their eggs in the basket again with the idea of the you know the last fight sequence with um agent smith and neo the fact that you know neo goes to the machine world and you know what rick, uh, rick said earlier they did trinity dirty again you know they like she what she gets how many like ream uh bars of uh ream bars stabbed oh. in her like four her death is very violent. I think her her death scene is spectacular. It's so like it's big, like she yeah, guided. It felt so anti-climb. It's just like you know this badass character who's gotten out of all these super tense situations. Yeah, she died in a crash. <laughs> she and then, but I it's like I Keith. I know you like it, but it's just like on the other hand, it's like she got stabbed through like five like five or more you know metal bars, mm-hmm. and then she's able to diatribe her love for Neo, and it's just like. I don't well, think I don't you think, should be able to do that. I don't think diatribe's the right word. She was pretty happy to like see Neo again. Like, well, yeah, but I'm yeah. just talking about how long the scene went of her just, just you know, just expressing her love for Neo. You know, it's just like that. That idea was just like, okay, that went a little long in my head. I'll, I'll, I'll come. I'll, I'll peacefully disagree with you on that one. I thought that scene was touching. <laughs> I'm, I'm on Joe's side of the camp. That scene didn't really. It, Again, to me, I don't think they really nailed actual, like, love. And, like, the way they killed her, like, felt like 
Trinity should have died defending Neo, not died in a random crash in which she died because she trusted Neo and Neo was wrong. Like, I think maybe like a way that she could have died was like they made it where they needed to be and like they get out, but like a machine, like a, like a, like a spike comes out of nowhere, like a machine trying to stab, stab Neo and she jumps in front. And then, then you can get the diatribe of her, you know, telling everything that they've been through has been fantastic and this and that. But she just didn't get the sacrifice the way like Neo sacrificed, and it felt like it was doing her an injustice. I mean, she sacrificed herself getting Neo to the city. I thought that was a pretty meaningful. No, no, we're we're both we're 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 with that, Keith. It's just the (laughs) idea of how she is taken out. Like when you, when you, it's like what I was saying earlier about how we've been watching three movies of Keanu Reeves being the one. And then to me at the time, it's just him sacrificing himself was like a big letdown of like, I had just spent six movies watching you and all you do is, all right, you can take over my body. <laughs> like I'd almost rather like they'd had the scene like flying and she would have like gone on her big speech and telling Neo how much she loved him. And then, like, ejected him while, like, other things were chasing her to let him get away while she, like, let him off. And you just see him, like, sitting there thinking, like, watching her go away. Suddenly, like, the ship just gets destroyed or something. So, like, her sacrifice, like, led Neo to get away. Like, it doesn't make any sense why the machines just suddenly weren't... Because they would know where the ship was. Like, why wasn't it just overrun with the defenses still? (laughs) Like, there's just so many things that, like break the world like just because the way it's needed for the plot to advance and that's always stuff that really bugs me when you break mechanics of your own world because well we need it to work this way and we don't really want to fix it because like it works when you're in the matrix because it's a program that can be rewritten at any time but this is the real world and like you've established certain guidelines and you're just kind of breaking them because you want to. It's why Star Wars for so often actually works because you've established that like <laughs> there's just these mystics that can do shit with their mind. So you kind of just accept a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's also why the JJ Abrams movies don't work because the stuff that's supposed to be grounded, they break in that movie, you piece of shit Abrams. I'm gonna fucking beat your ass if I ever see you. I just wish that you like he liked Star Wars. That'd be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. Um, we wonder how if he likes even uh, uh, Matrix. What do you guys think <laughs> of the machine world that we finally got to see what it looks like? Why is I, it so evil looking? Like, why did the machines make themselves so evil? Because anime. <laughs> and like, if electricity can kill them, why is there just like huge like swaths of electricity just like roaming through their city? Yeah. It was very bizarre. Like, it just looked evil, and I don't know why. Like, shouldn't have been super efficient and like clean. I appreciate the way it looked because, like, it would. I think it's if it didn't look evil, it would have been boring. It had to have an aesthetic, like a. I think the tent, like the the tension building up to seeing Zero One made it cool because, like, you spend the last couple movies like, oh, what does this like? Where are they from? What does this machine city look like? And then to like the idea that you're going there and you get to see it and how big of it like. It's a big deal that they're going there. No one's gotten within a hundred kilometers or whatever they say. 
I think, I think it just makes it too black and white. Like, I don't, I think it should have been written more in that there's some ambiguity to whether the machines are really all that evil. Because, again, like we've established through these movies, is that like, well, you know, the human race had some of it, has some finger pointing at itself for this whole situation. I mean, we blacked out the sun. Like, we did all the shit. Like, so to just say the machines are evil because they're evil feels so boring. Like, there should have been some level of gray, which is a big thing I like about the next movie, and we'll talk about it later, is that we actually do start to paint the world in gray, which is really fun. But I think, to me, painting things as too black and white is just lazy. And that felt lazy to me, just being like... Look, it's evil. You can tell it's evil. Look how evil it is. Everything's dark with red lights. Smoke, fire, brimstone, <laughs> red lights, dark clouds, all that. Yeah. It was, the, it was just a little bit too it. on the nose of like I liked, what evil's supposed to be. I liked it for what it was, but um, you know, we see all the eggs and you know, human pods and stuff, so that was cool. That scene was um, great. The ship coming up and seeing the fields. And getting because, uh, fuck, uh, Morpheus said how he saw the fields once, so actually to get that scope That'd of be a like cool just story. Like, how intense those fields. fields are was like <laughs> that was a lot. That thing was massive, and to see like the batteries, like to act the actual batteries where yeah. like humans are charging them was pretty crazy. Um, one of the things, as I told Keith when we watched Revolutions, the scene of Neo talking to the machine, who was like a baby face, and it's because the fact that it was one of the Wachowski's nephews' mm-hmm. faces, so they decided to have a baby face robot with a human voice, like a male voice, be the speaker of the mach- machines against Neo. It was actually like a, the baby of a, one of the nephews of the Wachowski sisters. Why was it? It had emotion. Why did it have emotion? It's like the most advanced of the machine, so it's capable, maybe? I don't know. But like they talk about how like emotions are so dumb. <laughs> it just it felt weird to me that it had anger. Maybe maybe it's the fact they had anger because of the fact that Smith being the virus and But it Smith... hadn't gotten to them yet. Smith was still just in the Matrix. Yeah, but they're getting pissed at the fact that he's taking over the Matrix. Because right, but again, one... that's still confusing to me as to why they have emotion. Good question, Bob. It was just such a weird aspect to me that it had anger. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's uh, Keith. No, <laughs> I don't know. I I was down with the baby. It was weird. I just on a pure aesthetic kind of yeah. opinion. Like I I appreciated all that aspect to it. It was just, just weird the, to that... me that it had anger. Yeah. Like to me, it should have just been like straight up monotone of like, what do you want? Why should yeah. we help you? We're going to destroy <laughs> the humans. We're going to destroy the humans, but they were afraid that Smith would be well, because there was no Neo was not, there was nobody there to defeat Smith because they knew that once Smith overruns the matrix, Smith will find a way to overrun them. Which, like, I got all that. Just the emotion part to it was so yeah. bizarre to me. And the whole conversation felt a little weird. Like, it should have, like... Neo went to the emotional side instead of just, like, it's a machine. Like, his reasoning should have just been, like, 
sound mm-hmm. reasoning. And if it didn't really work for me, like if you're going to reason with a machine, then you should have like pure logic based. Yeah. And it felt too emotional, which felt bizarre. Um, like a uh, emotional scene uh, before we talk about the fight was the scene where I liked the scene of when Seraph and the girl we meet in the beginning of the movie have to run from Smith because just when Smith and the boys go and meet, go to the Oracle's uh, location and just like hunt them down. And then the scene of um, the Oracle talking to Smith and just how he like throws the cookie and he goes on this whole tr- like rant about, did you put the cookies here? Cause you knew I was going to destroy them or do you put Ooh. them there just, just to piss me off? That scene you know, was like, great. Hugo Weaving just chewing it up. Loved it. He, and th- that might have actually been the most well acted scene in the entire movie. Like he <laughs> killed that whole sequence. It's like, what did you do with the girl and Seraph? And then like he, you know, one of the clones is like, cookies make a you know something. It's like you're a sick son of a bitch. It's like, well, mom, you made me that way. Yeah. <laughs> and then another, I want to before we get too far, I want to go back to when we were first introduced to the girl. I thought the scene in the train station of Neo interacting with that family was the best acting he did through the three movies. Like it was such like a better connection than I'd saw him. Like actually, like, I don't know. I just loved that scene and the conversation. Like those were two programs from the machine world. And just like having that inner, like that brought the level of gray to me that like, I really enjoyed of being like, or machines we have karma like love like i don't know that whole scene like the way he described love and like kind of like showing how the programs are starting to evolve a little bit and just another aspect of why this cycle is so different and it takes you back to love right there though because of the fact it's like what machines can't love each other the the robot version of Karma is pretty cool to hear about. Oh, like what, I loved that yeah. whole part. Oh, like, it was so good. Like how a robot translates that. Uh, it was fun. I, but I, I loved my, the wife who was still very much a program. He's yeah. Like, Get the fuck away from him. <laughs> I like it. I mean, I was like making a joke in my head, like when the guy's like, "Oh, I'm the uh, organizer of the power plant that you shut uh-huh. down." Thanks a lot, <laughs> at you know, like I lost my job because of you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> you could have just asked i'm a good guy trinity rode a motorcycle strapped with c4 into my front lobby <laughs> yeah right she you guys should have called me i've been i'm fine with that mm-hmm. but, but I know, that to me was one of the best parts of the movie because it brought the aspect of gray that like yeah. you know what not everyone in the, like not everyone on the machine world is evil yeah like they're just trying to survive within their world so let's like I wish they would have touched more to that in yeah. that world. Um, and then the scene with the Oracle and Smith, the Smith takes over the Oracle. because She knew it was going to happen. And just like the scene of him laughing at it. I finally understood like the reason of the cackle laugh. And that is because he has the Oracle's powers and that Oracle is like, okay, so he can now see the, well, you know, that's what we said, the probability he foresees now. his fight with well he foresees yeah. his fight yeah. with neo and that he's gonna win by the way yeah. we haven't talked about the laugh that that laugh was incredible it was <laughs> terrifying <laughs> it was like the full-on it was a, it was 
but uh, it was like the serious version of the dr evil scene <laughs> yeah, yeah right? kind of <laughs> where the eyes get he takes the glasses off and it becomes so Love bulgy it. and like oh, ah! it was so like hammy and campy and cheesy but it, perfect it, it's it's it was a more serious version of william defoe's uh green goblin laughing <laughs> yeah. tackled in the mirror from one which was like yeah um but yeah you know neo has to go to the machine world to uh fight for everybody it's like who are you fighting for everyone let's fucking do this and then we go to the matrix and it's just a rainy fucking night it's a mortal combat level Mortal combat yeah mortal combat they even do like millions the level change of, thing where you uppercut people and they go up to the next floor <laughs> millions uh of smiths you know mr anderson we're <laughs> glad you're back then we get that long fight sequence and the, the one downfall of this fight sequence, I, li- I like it. I really do. It's just like the idea of like some of the scenes of them fighting when the camera's f- 20 feet away from them so the stunt doubles can do the fight sequences and <laughs> you know the lightning storm flashing so you see the outlines of them but not really the actors themselves. Is it just me or is this one of the worst movies for not covering up when the stunt doubles are in? Like, I felt so easy to pinpoint through all three movies every time stunt doubles were in. And, like, you guys didn't, like, really try to cover up when it wasn't, like, the main actors in there, guys. That's funny. Next time I watch these, I'll have to keep my eyes open. It it, it didn't jump out to me. Like, it's, like it's especially, especially when they're fighting and, like, the scenes of them hitting each other into the wall, like, in the building. Like, you can totally tell it's not uh, either Keanu or uh, Hugo. But even when the fight sequence of them fighting in the in the lightning and stuff and the shot from afar, you can totally tell that's not them. <laughs> it's just it was um, f- like through all the movies, Reloaded was the worst for it, especially during that Smith fight where I'm just like, that's clearly not Keanu Reeves. <laughs> but for this, they try to do the idea of what they, you know. What type of uh, special effects would they try and do this time? And it's the the slow mo of them, you know, slow mo punching. We didn't through have the bullet rain. time. We had punch time. Well, and just aesthetic, like I mean, I think we can argue about whether the CG looked good or not. It maybe didn't look that great. I think aesthetically, like the setting was pretty dope, and the ideas they were presenting were also pretty dope because, <laughs> like. The idea of punching so hard that it like shatters the water away from you, and then all the water comes back. I think that like that was a nice touch. I like the setting. I really do. The all black and the green tint and all that, but it's just yeah, like the uh, effects were you know 2003. But at the time, once again, it's they're learning how to do it. Yeah, to I me, think... it felt too much like someone who really liked Dragon Ball making a Dragon Ball fight scene. <laughs> yeah, it was very that's Dragon not Ball. that's not as good as Dragon Ball. <laughs> Which is like, there was a very big Final Fantasy anime tie-in to me, which wasn't as good as most epic anime fight scenes, and it just, which is why it misses for me. Maybe it's because I am so much more of an anime person than you two are. Like Joe's big Dragon Ball, so that's why like he'll get my Dragon Ball reference. Yeah. But like, I've seen epic fight things in Naruto and Bleach and like all those mega ones. My Hero Academy, like fucking blows major fight scenes out of the water the show is fucking brilliant for how it does it and it just this one didn't have like honestly it's you're trying to do an anime fight scene in real life and it's not going to work so I think the fact that it got away from the more like 
Chinese style fight scenes to go towards anime style fight scenes kind of like lost something in me. Cause like the first fight scenes are the first movie fight scenes work because of how like heavy and weighty they feel. Whereas this just felt so cartoony and you're not in a cartoon. So it didn't really work for me. Yeah. Th- I, there were some things with the idea that like, you know, I like the, the punching scenes of like, you know, like the spear of rain stopping because of how powerful they are. Um, were you gonna say Keith? Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, the like when they're up in the air, it's like flying around, punching each other. It's ah, all right, sorry, I'm gonna do it. It's like the lasers in Eternals have no god damn it. <laughs> you yeah, know, you can just do Man of Steel, right? You know, the same thing. No, that laser has weight. Zack Snyder knows how to do eye lasers. Good god, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, yeah, weightless. I agree, but they, I think the what the Wachowskis do well is like the. You know, in the video games, there's the argument over like graphics versus art design. I think the Wachowskis have great art design in this scene. Like this, I think it it looks cool, but like the functions within it maybe don't look as good. How could Smith fly? Uh, he's leveled like, up. At that point, he's that, very leveled uh, up. Is it upgrade? Is yeah. it like, oh, upgrade. You know why, Joe? Because they needed it for the plot device to work and for their <laughs> anime fight to happen. <laughs> They just really took their rules and threw them out the fucking window and rev and resolution 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 resolutions. <laughs> Resol- yeah, well, I'll be the next one, buddy. Um, but yeah, they. Uh, it's just like all of a sudden he can fly, and it's just like, you know, I like the like the fact that he's like, this is my world now. And then we That's have why like, he can fly <laughs> because it's his world now. Yeah. And um, uh, I like the it. I do remember watching this in theaters and like, I'm just, I was just so confused by the movie of the idea. Like when the final sequence happens of Neo and Smith and like, you know, he knocks uh, Neo into the ground and he's like, wait a minute. I've been here before you were here and I was here. And I would say, um, (laughs) you know, everything has a beginning has the end Neo. And you know, like what the hell did I just say? You know, like what, what just happened at the time and watching in theaters, I do remember like, what, like what, what's happening. And then once then Neo's like, it's inevitable. And then Smith, you know, takes over Neo. I know that was like in the movie theater in my head. I, if I could have, I would have just shrugged my arms. I'm like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I do. That's funny. We were going back to this quality. I, in 2003, I was impressed. <laughs> with the visuals. We, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like I was impressed with the visuals. Besides the part of them doing the slow mo punching, yeah, was I was like, "That's kind of car- yeah." It is like it's like when Homer gets shot in the belly with the cannonball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you know, it's just the idea of the fact that Neo has to sacrifice himself for the virus to take over. Then the machines are able to shut the virus off. Yeah, that um, whole scene felt so anticlimactic to me because in my head and knowing computers more, I'm like. Oh, they just used them as a vessel to put in their antivirus. Yep. That's kind of lame. Okay. Here comes your McAvee. Here comes your McAvee. <laughs> like, that's what it felt like to me. And I was like, oh, okay. Cool. I guess it makes sense. They are a computer program. They just loaded the antivirus. That's funny. 
but yeah, like I agree. But like I do remember in 20, 2003 when it was just like, God damn it, like really, Neo, this is how we're bitching you out. Like you're in my head, you were the one. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, you're just you're just the Maccabee or the Apple virus protection <laughs> that's so powerful yeah. that you know you don't need a virus protection on it. <laughs> Neil went and visited the geek squad. <laughs> yeah, he, he he went to Apple Care and it's like upgrade me, baby. Yeah, so essentially the robots just took it to Neo, the Apple Care person, and all he did was yeah. wipe the system. Yep. We're going to control, alt, delete everything and clear your history. All right, cool. Thanks. There we go. And how'd you know how to do that? Oh, I Googled it. I Googled it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people, if you Google things, it may be much easier. Dude, I broke some of my family's brain when I was like, you know what Geek Squad does most of the time is just Google it, right? Yep. Like they're literally doing what you could have done and then just spent like a hundred bucks on. Yep. Like, what what do you mean? I'm like, they Google it. That's how they yep. fix things. Yep. That's not Googlers. Um, and then at the very end, we get the the Oracle with the girl from the beginning, and you know, hey, are we gonna see uh Neo ever again? And you know, one day we might I didn't remember this scene at all that they'd left it so open ended that we could come back. I had thought it was like a much more like closed book and that we just kind of like said, fuck it and made a new one, but they did leave it pretty open to come back to this world. Yeah. And like, they literally uh, show the robots taking Neo away to do something to him. So like, yeah. So we're like, all right, he's they're just going to toss his body. Got it. So like everyone um, who's bitching, and we'll talk about this more in the next movie, bitching about how like they're just, they made the next movie like for no reason. And there was no, re- like no openness to do it. I'm like, there's, Complete openness to do it. They set everything up to do more movies. Yeah. Uh, for this movie, Agent Smith only calls Neo uh, once in the trilogy. Uh, this is at the end of the Burly Brawl, the final epic fight in the trilogy. This could be for a few reasons. One reason is that he's repeating what the Oracle said to Neo as Smith now is the Oracle or as the Oracle's or has the Oracle's eyes. Another one, Smith is now respecting Neo and calling him by what he prefers to be called. I don't think it's the respect one because he seems so caught off guard. I think it's the Oracle. He was like upset that he called him Neo. Yeah. What what just happened, you know? (laughs) Um, But like, I like the, uh, for me, it's like now watching, it's like, I like the idea of the fact that the Oracle is still powerful enough that she could overtake the virus for that split second and be like you know to help neo again like say the one line for neo to understand like yep you gotta you gotta you you everything can, has an end you can stop fighting you can you know just let it happen and then the virus protection is coming in uh but you know which i don't get why does that kill neo like did the did it or just overload him when they loaded the antiviral into him? Like, why did he die, but every other program or human being in the Matrix just come back? Or is this again, like, you know, because that's the way the story went? I'm gonna go. That's how the story went. <laughs> Which that's what, but that's what bugs me about this. When your story like happens in a way that's unexplainable, and it's just because that's the way the story went. That's what yeah. I go okay that's bad story writing well, and he's dead also because he's in a hope like trinity's gone his ship's broken he's fucked like there's he there, 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 ain't, there ain't no getting out of that like he's in that's a it, that's a one-way trip for sure he just fostered a whole piece like the machines are on his like would be chill with him and just be like all right bro get out of here 
<laughs> it's like it's like what you're saying about how this movie is more open-ended of the fact that hey they could come back if they wanted to make another one because of the fact that it's that possibility in like the you know you can look at a fan's eye and go uh he might not be dead he just might be like you know he's dead sleepy. tired he's sleepy because of the fact he just went to war had someone take over his body virus protection injected inside him who knows but there was that you know open-ended uh let's i forgot we can talk about it what do you guys think of the um battle on the docks when the machines ran like this took over zion it was beautiful it was so well done like all that weight we didn't have in the final scene was in this keith's analogy of it being a war movie is perfect because this is like maybe the closest thing to like uh saving private ryan type like storming the beaches type thing we get i i will say this i will say this about the the you i mentioned and reloaded how i hate the act character the kid (laughs) there was one line in the movie that i was like yep you're cool like you for like that split second was the fact when he, you know, when the general's like, hey, how old are you? And he's like, I'm 18. He's like, could have said 16. I would have believed you. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, the kid that says the line of like, machines don't care about age. They're just going to kill you. I love I'm that. Like, little... I'm like, I like that one line from him. I'm like, yeah, the machines don't care what your age is. I'll, they'll kill us no matter what. That small little touch they do of when he pulls the wheelbarrow out and spills it all. Like yeah. for the, like the hinting at the like hinting at the last scene when he makes it, so, like the kid, I like I was like, oh, that's a cool line. But then later in the war, when they have to open the door for the for Niobe and Morpheus to show up, and he's like, Neo, I believe. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you, kid. Fuck and then, you. And then, and then the hatred sinks back. In. And then the hatred is like, you know, we were we got from the top of the head to eye level of hatred, and then all of a sudden it went back up. Joe, Joe flew up and saw the sun for a second and sunk back down. <laughs> yes, I did. And I was like, fuck this kid. What What did he do to you? He, he's just annoying. I don't know. Just the What idea did he that, do in this movie that's annoying? When he does Neo, he saves I believe. <laughs> yeah, he did, he, he did okay. nothing. I'll, I'll give you the Neo, I believe line. And then literally telling everyone that the war was over with no yeah. actual confirmation that the war was over. He did was, it. Neo did it. Was pretty cringy. I was just like, God damn it. Yeah. Like my hate. I don't know. I think it's just the fact of this to me. He just seemed annoying. And I'll be honest. I didn't like him in the, when I saw him in theaters, when he came, Neo, when he runs up to meet, uh, meet them, uh, they're like, oh, great. This little shit. I'm like, yep, I'm with you, Neo. One hundred percent. Um, but I, I've been hating this kid for twenty years. For twenty <laughs> years, and it's gonna go, continue on. Um, but like, I like the the fight scene in Zion of the you know the machines dropping. They're like, all right, we're gonna they're the machines that dig, and it's like, oh, we got one. All right, cool. We're, we're gonna be good for a bit, and then like another one pops through, and it's just like, fuck. And also, those are like perfect video game bosses. They have like four weak points on the legs and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yes, it is. <laughs> One thing I one thing I would say, like you know, we uh, I th- felt like we mentioned it, but it's just like the idea of the fact that we have so many, we have so many characters that we know, and then they introduce 
you know, uh, Z from the Reloaded, and she's in it. But then she has her friend with her for to like destroy the bosses and stuff. It's just like, who are you? And uh, what's your, pro- you know, what's your situation going on here? And just, <laughs> I talked about know, the, what- the the lady that holds her belt while she ne- yeah leans over. Yeah. I yeah. liked her. She had a cool like soldier haircut. I was sold. I didn't need any more. <laughs> it's like. They did just enough to make her an interesting character with not giving us really anything about yeah. her. Yeah, she's very who are you? Um, like who, who? I think did they even say her name? I think they probably did, but like I don't. I rem- think we you know. caught it at one point. It's There's very GI Jane of just yeah. has, this is yeah. a badass female fighter. There's probably a Matrix Wiki article about her. I could probably find that for you right now because <laughs> I'm on a, a Matrix Wiki right now. That's funny. Um, <laughs> But like I, you know, and I like the idea of the fact like Zion, but it's that fun factor like Zion becomes like the black and domain like smoky feel looking like the machines are just like yeah we're just gonna fuck you up and uh we do all that and all oh, that words I just thought I saw the name but like you know I I it's like crazy thing like their idea of machines being like. It's cool to see the machines don't have unlimited power that Zion has. The fact like you have to have like people basically sacrifice their lives to run them like uh, ammo to reload the machines. Uh, I like the general guy. I thought he was cool. He was was scary. (laughs) He's like, we're all going to die. Die well. That's like Holly said. It was so cool. No, die giving them hell. Yeah, yeah. It's very Klingon for people yeah. who understand Star Trek references. <laughs> but I, I like the scene when the general like dies, and it's just him like pointing the guns out, like, oh, like yeah. you know, like giving his last, shredded. yeah, his last, mm-hmm. you know, fucking thing. And then like you know the like the slashes through his freaking face, and it's just like as he's trying to give his like last speech, like <laughs> like coughs, you know, like just coughing up crap, and it's just like okay, that's cool. To be fair, he was relatively on cut up for someone who got bladed like a billion times. I think the idea was for them to have that giant gash. Yeah, that's how badass he was. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What's that? Is it? Oh, nope, nope, not her. (laughs) Oh, Chara. Oh, Joe found the white rabbit. Yeah, I'd have. Um, that's all I got. This, she's friends, and she welded a wa- rocket launcher. It's good. Yeah, it was a very, it was a cool rocket launcher. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anything else, boys? This this movie is like it's quite simple. <laughs> it really yeah. is. When like coming up with my plot, I'm like there. Not a lot to this movie. Yeah. Keep it does is, this go ahead, Rick. It's just it, like I said earlier, it, they literally spent all of two, which is probably why two felt so wasteful, is because it had to be so built for all plot to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Essentially, keep... what it is is the two the final two movies are as Keith said, just one movie, and acts one and two are all in the first movie. Yeah, and then all of this movie is act three. Yeah. <laughs> All the stage is set, and now we're just playing out the parts. Um, Keith, do you think this is a full movie? Because we talked about how we had, like, with Matrix 1, 
Um, we had the full movie, Matrix 2, Luck with the mm-hmm. Cliffhanger. Does this fulfill your satisfaction of a full movie? Oh, it. I think so. Like, like them. That's why, like thematically, like it's perfect that Neo sacrificed himself. Like the story, it's, it's got a nice bow on it. It's like I think this is a movie. Two and three together make a movie. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I think so too. So, um, you got any ratings? I mean, uh, reviews. Yeah, I got a Roger. Roger Ebert was still alive at this point. It was just six months later. So let's see. I got it here. Trying to find some highlights here. And there's the. It's funny. I was reading through this reviewer this morning, Ricky, and he was, Roger Ebert was pointing out a lot of the stuff you were talking about with the plot holes or like the, not plot holes, but like world, wor- world rules being broken and some like Ill- illogical shit. And that just bugged the crap out of him, but he still gave it a pretty positive three-star review, which I, I thought was kind of fun. He just uh, Ebert just he commented on how the like the the Battle of the Docks was a pretty spectacular scene. Like he does not need a cool paragraphs for me to do a fun reading series on. Usually Roger Ebert's like writing is a little nicer, but his his review wasn't as fun to read as some of his other ones for this movie. I think it's pretty dead on. Two thirds of this movie are like, in my opinion, like a damn near four and a half star movie. It's just that other third of the movie that really hurts it, in my view. Yeah, um, where is it? oh that thing went away. Um, so for the uh, budget for this movie, it was once again one hundred fifty million dollars. So in <laughs> the combined movies, three hundred million dollars. That's last. so insane. Um, my assumption is probably the hundred million for the uh, special effects were probably for both since they filmed them back to back. And also, they film Enter the Matrix at the same time, too. So they're actually filming three things That's crazy. at once. I mean, I would assume that the Battle of the Docks had to cost a lot of money. Yeah, I was trying to see if I could find any information about like how long that took, but like there was nothing. Because like they bring up, like, oh, the Smith fight took like a month to film. Uh, but there was nothing of well, like how long that would have taken. Just the idea of the special effects. Well, in the dock, I remember this. I was, what stuck out to me this morning watching it was all the there's lots of cool like pulleys and metal hoses and stuff that they used to film with as props. Like all the props look badass in this movie. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so <laughs> let's go to the fun part. We have a little discussion here, guys. Let's go to the gross. So, like I said, a couple months after Makes It Reloaded came out, Matrix Revolutions came out. So, you guys want to take a guess what the domestic gross was? Oh, just domestic? Or do, or do all three? Or do all you, two? Do you have what Reloaded was again? Yes, Reloaded was $281 million domestically. So, that's just the United States. I'll say $200 million for the domestic. I think this one didn't do as well because it didn't have that same hype between one and two. That's about what my guess was going to be, too. I'm going to go uh, uh, 200, $201 million. It was $139 million. Oh, shit. Wow. So we were right, but by a much worse standard. Yeah. Internationally, it got $457 million for Reloaded. Oh. It. Sorry, 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 sorry. Reloaded got four fifty seven. Oh. This? I'll probably say it was around the same. Okay. Keith? Um, for, uh, I'm going to go 420. All right. So 
Fuck it, you. <laughs> reloaded, reloaded got 457 internationally. This movie uh, internationally got 288 million. So worldwide, two, 427 million. So worldwide didn't hit internationally for Reloaded. Wow. It dropped almost $300 million because of, you know, like we were saying, Reloaded. The fact that they filmed back to back, that when the critiques came out after Reloaded, they couldn't fix that because they already filmed this one. So they didn't have time to do anything like that. So all of a sudden, it's just like, boom, boom. Yeah, we're, you know, this is what you're, this is what you're giving us, and hopefully you enjoy it. And a lot of people didn't. Um, but let's go to the box office for Matrix Revolution, shall we? <laughs> There's like a like chance that thing. Reloaded would still be in theaters when this it's was not. released. I checked. It's not. <laughs> um, and like the box office on the website goes to like 200 plus movies and it was not uh but for the box office for november 7th of 2003 uh coming in number 10 in its sixth week with three million dollars school of rock huh, hell nice. yeah richard number <laughs> cello mm-hmm. uh coming in at number nine uh, in its fourth week with 4.6 million R- runaway jury i know of that movie i don't think it's I a john cusack gene hackman and John Cusack, right? Yeah. 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 It's uh, coming Total in number drama. eight yeah. in its fifth week with four point seven million. Mystic River, Clint Eastwood, uh, Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. Um, coming in at number seven in its fourth week with four point eight million is the Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's the Jessica Biel one. I've I never seen any of those movies. <laughs> I were if. I've never seen any of them, but I've been told if you want to watch, just watch the first one because that's supposed to be the more scary one while everybody has a remake. And then the sequel, if you look at the poster, it's the Breakfast Club poster because they go on a drastic comedic route of um, chaos. Interesting. Uh, Coming in number six in its first week with 6.8 million, Love Actually. Uh, coming in number five in its third week with seven million radio. Oh, that's the Cuba Gooding. Cuba Gooding. Yeah, yeah, I knew that would get a chuckle out of Keith there uh, for terrible reasons. Coming in number four in its hey. third uh, uh, third week with 11 million. Um, let me make double check one thing because I have it written down, but I don't have the sequel. It's Scary Movie. And I want to say Scary Movie 3. Oh, wow. Uh, coming in number three in its third week with 18 million, Brother Bear. Oh, God. That one did that well. I thought that was a, a flop for as far as animated was. I thought it was too. But coming in number two in its first week with $32 million, Elf. That's a. F- oh, wait. Number two? Number two. Oh, wow. Wait, in what week? First week, Elf. Oh. Elf and Matrix opened against each other? That's hilarious. Yeah. Why is Elf opening in October? November. Oh, it's November. Okay. Yeah. So that means number one is Matrix Revolutions with $48 million. $50 million less than Reloaded. Yep. Jesus. Yep. Some people didn't like Reloaded. No. 
or revolutions. A lot of people don't like revolutions and the fact that. Well, but I'm f- saying like people would have had to not like Reloaded to then not go see Ex- Resolu- yeah. Revolution. Yep. And that's a that's a, a factor right there of the fact of people didn't like Reloaded, and so they said F it to Revolutions. So let's go to the ratings. IMDb gives Revolutions a 6.8. Oh, so close. So close. It, right. It, that's not nice. As, uh, <laughs> IMDb is a 7.2 for Reloaded and one is a 8.7. Uh, let's go to Rotten Tomato. All critics give Matrix Revolutions a 35. 35. That's crazy. Yeah. The critics? All, all critics 35 and when that's, it was that's a bit 70, when it was 73 for Re- reloaded wow. uh top critics give this a 22 <laughs> while reloaded got a 65 and the audience gives this a 66 audience and 65 for reloaded <laughs> i mean 72 was reloaded so it's that fun fact of some the fans liked it more than the critics I can see why probably some critics decided to like hate on it. Like there's, there would have been an, it's also, let's be honest, any franchise when it gets to this point is usually going to just find more like haters because yeah, people you, just if, love to hate popular things. Well, if you throw three at the end of a movie, it's usually not as good. <laughs> so yeah. like, it's just people hating things because they would have been they more people things. searching out reasons to hate it. Yeah. Like, I can tell you when I saw the trailer for this and reloaded, I was hyped for it. Cause I was like, okay, let's see the conclusion. Even though I didn't like the idea of leaving on the cliffhanger, I was still hyped. You know, I'm a, I, I, I love the matrix movies. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, as Keith says, he's the diehard matrix on the diehard ghostbuster, but I think the matrix movies are fantastic. I love Keanu Reeves and you know, don't get Keanu, me wrong. I love Keanu, <laughs> Keanu Reeves. But I think it's just the it's what we said earlier about the you know the they have the picture in mind of what they want to do, but they just don't execute it the right way. Um, so let's go to some uh rankings. We're gonna rank overall best action sequence, best fashion, best whoa, best villain, and uh was it is it a uh best Hot movie cocoa. Hot, Hot cocoa, cocoa no. wrapped up in a blanket. I'll tell you right now, it's not going to be the best one for that one. It's raining yep. outside. <laughs> Let the rain fall down. So let's do best action sequence. We have uh, in order one and two. So where does three go? For this, we had the big fight sequence with Agent Smith, the fight sequence in the club uh, lobby, um, the small one with, with Bane, Agent Smith, and Neo on the ship. Then the war scene with the doc and the machines. I think, I think two has better fight sequences, but I think the battle of the dock is more than enough to overcome some of the worst fight sequences in three that I would put three ahead of two. But one, one stays yeah. at the top. That's the icon. That's what you have to live up to. And yeah, well, this definitely didn't touch that. Yeah, one one's about five miles away from these two movies. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I think. Yeah, I'm gonna go two. So once again, we bring it down <laughs> to Joe to decide. The highway scene just killed it for me. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> fuck. Scratching his head. Oh, we really fucked out there, Joe over during the Matrix. Yeah, is this a- is like you know I don't like this. This is like fuck Joe Matrix land here. And I love was- the movies. Don't get me wrong; it revs my engine. But jeez, um, Rick and I both shoved our hands inside of Joe's chest, and the, like the mirror goo is climbing up his neck right now. Uh, He's got to make a call. <laughs> Rick's trying to find me on the. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know what? For me, it's one three because honestly, I like I like the even though it was cheesy and Rick mentioned it, I like the Dragon Ball Z fight at the end of Morpheus uh, with uh, Neo and Smith. So that's kind of and I like the music. The you know the, from you know Step Brothers uses it for any time they zoom in on the Dell's drumstick uh, set. Yeah, yeah. So the music rocks at the end of yeah. that fight. <laughs> uh, let's do best fashion. Um, we had the leather leather and also leather on uh the club and then more of the fact that a lot of the guys a lot of the a lot of the uh crew were just in their like zion clothes the whole time so that beat up um and then neo's the only one that's really in the his outfit i'm still so confused why people who fly in the ships get dirt rags for clothes but everyone else in zion is dressed like at least semi-decently and it really bugs me and i don't know why um for me i'll put this at last oh you coward joe (laughs) Uh, one first actually i'm gonna agree with joe though this is the worst fashion movie yep that the club scene almost almost takes it wait you're you're agreeing with me but you're calling me a coward because yeah because you tried to make sure you didn't get put in the situation again honestly i honestly i didn't mean to i was Mm because oh fuck off (laughs) keith okay okay fine i'll wait for this one we're new best or most whoa move moment so for probably for this what neo being taken over i think seeing seeing robot city maybe Robot City, seeing the 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 like, fi- the, finally, the, like, the, finally the tombs, the rooms, yeah. Like finally seeing Zero One, seeing the sun for the first time in the whole series. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of much else. Yeah. Like maybe when like the sentinels fly through the hole, like you just cool. see the wave of sentinels. Yeah, the oh my god, we're fucked moment. <laughs> yeah. So it's seeing the so whoa moments is seeing the machine world and then you know uh, and let's we can add smith taking over the oracle and then with the idea of of uh smith taking over neo to pull the ultimate jesus card so where do you put it one right now it's one and uh uh, sorry two one in our order my personal rankings one two three. Uh, right, but it's two one right now. Two so one where three. Do you put it? Okay, but, Keith, but the thing is, Rick, Rick, you and me were the ones that made it two one. Right, that's but right. he still has to so. stick to that because that's the way we go. We stick to what we've made. But he's so in this in his or well, he just said it's one two three, so it'd be three. So it's still three. Yeah. Okay, I agree to that. This one did not. This one to me didn't really have anything that was a whoa moment. Because like the the plot's almost done by this point. Like you've walked right up to the you've you in the hero's journey. This is step nine. Is where the Matrix Three is stepping is starting. <laughs> yeah, I guess it just it didn't have like a like oh my god type mm-hmm. moment for me. Um, I think 
it's yeah it's three for me and like it's it's like my joke is because i right now i'm building a uh a lego set right now and for me it's like the last thing you do is you add the stickers to it like this is what matrix revolution is it's just adding stickers to you like all right we're done we're just gonna more detail fine art part here is to do this so movie right now it's one two i wonder where it goes keith <laughs> well i like this one more than reloaded so uh one so, one three two one two three so it's on you lessel <laughs> Um, damn, I hate you guys. I, like, <laughs> no, this is huge. No, like- for okay, as I said earlier in the show, I entered this into this franchise one three two. After rewatching them so far, it will be one three two. <laughs> um, I think the fact that it that this movie is more whoa. of a whoa <laughs> thank you uh that's the world moment of the show joe saying three is better than two um i think it's the idea of the fact that that we are done with the with the plot and it's more of the action is more of the focal point of this of this franchise of this movie of the fact that you know we had the architect do his diatribe for 20 minutes we had all the oracle do hers this 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 now let's just get to the needy greedy part of action fighting. Even though I don't like the results, the end game, I'm sticking with the one, three, two. And it kind of disappoints me, I think, in the end, because the parts where they actually did do like some conversational world building were some of the best in the entire trilogy. So like there was still stuff to do there instead of just being fully focused on it, the action, I think. It's like example for me, I thought the Mary Vingian was a waste in yeah. this movie. They didn't really do anything with him. They just had Trinity point a gun at his head. Yeah. Uh, also, we forgot best villain. Uh, so for me, it's just for this to be third, it'd be Smith and the boys. <laughs> yeah. Like, again, it, once again, nothing, we're done. Like, it's done. Nothing you compares know? to one. Like, yeah, there was two, an actual threat there. Nothing still one, two, three. Like a threat would, in this movie. Yeah. This one's pretty easy. One, two, three. The yeah. Agents are terrifying in one. Yeah, agents terrifying. Then we have the Merovingian architect too, and this is just Smith and the boys. Like, yeah, we don't even get agents in this movie. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we really don't. We get no. <laughs> this is like uh, the Last Jedi. They don't. The lightsabers don't touch. Agents don't touch. Yeah. <laughs> so normally I would say, hey, this is the end of the Matrix uh, franchise, and then I believe Keith's picking next, but. Not so fast, folks, is next week here we'll be talking Matrix Resolution Resurrections as uh We just can't not fuck up these movies right now. The thing is I had res uh res- I think I, I put it re- in our brains. I said yeah. it and now I've fucked our brains. <laughs> it's also because of the fact that I was gonna say res- uh resurrections, but I have Matrix Revolution stuff in front of me. So I was good I did like the read what you might what i see moments of like i'm just reading what i saw but next week we're doing matrix resurrections um came out about just a month ago so if you have uh uh you have about a couple you have a couple days to watch it at this time because i think with hbo max they're on for about a month so we should be you should have a couple days left to watch it if not just so watch it um so I'm excited to rewatch it again. Uh, I did watch it, you know, at home because I got my uh, 
booster and I had a fever, so I had to be the adult and not go yeah. to the movie theater you, with a. You felt those effects that we had already felt that that booster kicks your fucking ass. <laughs> it wasn't. I'll be honest, it wasn't as bad, but like it, like I felt fine, but like the temperature was like a hundred point two, so I was like, yeah, I gotta be safe. Resurrection is on there through January twenty first. Okay, so yeah, so we're gonna a, get... a, a, a little side note here for the for the fans out there. If 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 we hit uh, a, a thousand subscribes on this video, I will hunt down the kid for Joe and bring him to his porch. Fuck yes, and Fuck just yes. see what happens, and I'll videotape it. Then uh, it'll be a bonus. That's what I'm talking about, dude. <laughs> That's right. Yes, you realize he's probably like a full ass adult man now. You know what? He's I'm a full ass adult man in the movie. Yeah, he's supposed to be like 16, but he, hang on. All right, before we move on, I'm, I'm going in. <laughs> he's been training for he's been training for 20 years for this moment. Is yeah. he, no, I think he's younger than 16. Because remember, like he's lying, yeah, like about his age, and he goes, "You should have told me you were 16. I would have believed that." So he's like, "Okay, I'm 16." All right. So he was supposed to be like 16 in the. Uh, yeah, he's like a junior or something in the Animatrix. He's 10 years older than us. So he was 20, you know, 26 in the movie. So playing a 16-year-old or 15-year-old. So, yeah, if we hit 1,000, you're going to watch Joe beat him up with a, a sock full of quarters. It'll be great. Fuck yeah, I am. No, oranges. <laughs> it doesn't leave bruises that way. No, it'll be both. No, you got to have bruises. One in, each, one in each hand. I'll be like a pillow fight, you know? <laughs> Which, by the way... Remind me not to get into a pillow fight with you. Which, by the way, I saw that there is a um, there is a uh, real life pillow fight company like UFC that they're trying That's to make a thing. Amazing! So that you want you gotta get knocked out by using a pillow. So, but I digress. Uh, next week, Matrix Resurrections. You can go to nocellentertainment.com. That's right, nocellentertainment.com, where you can find all of our podcasts and everything Keith does with his pillows. Hey, are we not Blazing Stars tonight? Or oh fuck, I forgot. Yeah, sorry. The oh, pillow I've, talk got me all aroused. I've been no, I've been just, go. I've been ready to glaze, man. I've got oh, my yeah. donuts. Uh, I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> um, but before we do any of that, let's glaze some stars. Star glazing time. <laughs> All right, who's going first? Let's go you there, Mr. Uh, talk first. Mr. Speaky. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Speaky. Merv. Yeah. Hey, all right, Merv. So I think on this, kind of this, I've got similar opinions to Reloaded on this one. Like on the scale of the series, it's like it's a little bit weaker on the scale of like movies as a, as a, like compared to all other movies, like this movie's great. Compared to the series, this one's a little weaker. But it's a, I find it more fun. I think it's a perfect wrap up to Keanu's hero's journey. It's like a, it's a the hero's journey is a story is as old as time, and this movie hits those themes themes right on the head perfectly with Neo. So I appreciate the ending. I'm gonna go three seven five. Snap. Uh, I thought this was two thirds of a fantastic movie with the Neo arc in this movie being rather weak, in my opinion, which was a huge disappointment since, I mean, the whole thing is based around the one. But everything around it, the fight, the flight sequences were spectacular. I always love a good chase scene. Uh, the War of the Docks is probably one of the greatest sci fi like fights you can find out there in movie form. Uh, so I went to three and a half. 
Um, I'm also on the Rick level of three and a half. Uh, it's one of those things of, I think I, I watched it this morning before this show. And like, once again, this is the second time I watched it in like a month. So like I've watched every matrix movie, a total of seven <laughs> times in this past month. So like, I'm not getting, I'm not getting matrix out, you know, like, it's just like, you know, I watched it a while ago, rewatch again, but like seven, three and a half, because of the fact that I really enjoyed it the first time I watched it when I was with Keith. And then this time around, it's just like, okay, just, you know, here we go. Here we go again. I believe like that fucking kid, like, let's go Neo and, Give me that fucking bag of uh quarters. And I brings uh revolution in at three point six, actually ahead of reloaded, which was three point three. Uh we are averaging a three point nine right now for the Matrix trilogy, which depending on how resurrection does, would make it our highest rated uh film franchise. franchise. Yeah, interesting. Because right now Cornetto trilogy owns that at three point seven. So we'll have to see how Resurrection does for all of us. Remember, on <laughs> first watch, we were all pretty high. So we'll see with like more breakdowny eyes how we end the, up. Here. The fix is in. Keith's going to say that the, you know, uh, he's going to say we all voted for fours and we're calling it good. Like that's what it's going to be. Going to slap down a five to make sure Matrix goes to the top of the list. Yes, he will. So. Next week, Matrix Resur- uh, Resurrection. Go to nocellentainment.com where you can find Keith with his glazing, his pillow. And like always, you can listen to all of our podcasts wherever you listen to our podcast. Time to follow that little white rabbit back into the hole, boys. 